Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our first episode of 2022. Can you believe it? You know, a new year is a time for a new beginning, a new start, a fresh start, if you will. So if you were wondering if there are going to be any changes happening over here at the podcast, the answer to that is uh, probably not. (laughs) So I hope what you liked as of last week, because we're just gonna keep on cruising down. Um, No, I do have some pretty good ideas. And yeah, I hope you guys stick with me. Thank you guys for all of you who reached out about my last episode of, uh, of the year. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to do. I'm glad that you guys liked it. And yeah, I mean, I guess we're gonna have to make this a tradition every year. I'm gonna find a new crop of people to uh, ask what they're gonna leave in this year. Um, I already have my submission. You know, let's just get that out of the way. I, my girl, and the thing that I want to leave in 2022 is um, at least four members of the Foster family. I didn't even really want to talk about this, but it's just so, like, lame and... 
frankly, nobody else on my list was as lame as them. So they're getting the girl, the first girl, 2022. Can you believe it? So here's the story. You guys know David Foster. He's married to uh, Catherine McPhee, former American Idol. Uh, she didn't win, did she? I don't think so. Um, but she it just had a baby or like fairly recently had a baby. And David posted a picture of Catherine in a bikini. Her body's looking very tight. It's looking very taut, toned, whatever. And the caption David wrote was what baby meaning like oh she snapped back so quickly blah 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 I mean there it's gross on a lot of levels you know a lot of people aren't uh you know a lot of people's bodies don't snap back immediately a lot of people don't have the access that Catherine McPhee or David Foster's bank accounts would um uh, you know have us to believe you know they're the kind of rich that they can say like I just was like intuitively eating and listening to my body and my body just really came back like they're that kind of wealthy that they think that like people the general public aren't going to believe that and that it wasn't like you know chef trainer possibly doctor or two, you know, all all those things. Um, so a lot of people had, you know, their feelings and their rightful feelings about that. Especially I found it maybe more gross because she's so much younger than him. I don't know. I just think their whole relationship is skeevy. I try not to pay too much attention to it, but it just seems like they really want us to love their love. And like, I don't have time for that. You know, I, I don't have time for that. So anyway, after getting a bunch of backlash, Catherine then posts her own post. It's a picture of her in a one piece, one shoulder, uh, bathing suit of her own and says, okay, the press around my husband's photo he posted of me is so dumb, dot, dot, dot. I'm sorry, but we're not sorry. And for all of you who can't deal with it, maybe this helps. I struggled with my weight, my whole twenties and thirties. I've gone up and down 10 times over. Does that make you feel better? There's nothing wrong with that. Most people do. And then she goes on to say that, uh, she lost her baby with zero dieting and zero pressure from anybody. And like I said, I let my body do its thing and I found a great workout. That's it. And guess what? I'll probably gain weight again at some point too, but who cares? But people freaking out about what my husband captioned, seriously, get a life. Stop being so offended by what people who post who have zero impact on your life and move on. Maybe you should have more of an attitude of like, let's say, oh, that's nice. He thinks his wife is hot. I can't with this overly sensitive society right now. But as Taylor Swift's going to say, haters going to hate. Bye. (laughs) Okay, girl, do you want us to pay attention or no? Which (laughs) kind of seems like you do. And like, do even Taylor Swift fans like that song? <laughs> like, I think even for the the biggest Swifty, this would be like pretty cringeworthy, girl. But okay, um, we have to find a balance. I think, or so ce- we don't. Celebrities have to find a balance. Like, you, like it's it's got to be one or the other. Like, if people, if you don't want people to cause attention to the situation or be haters or whatever, then like. And and if it's just like, why can't people just accept this as like something a husband, a nice thing that a husband was saying about his wife and why are you guys being so sensitive? It's like, 
well, then don't respond. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you think that everybody's just being too sensitive and you're like above all this, everything, uh, you know, shake it off, whatever, then you don't respond. You know, why are we having this whole machine of several members of your family now talking about this? Which brings me to Aaron and Sarah Foster, who were like also clapping back in defense of Catherine. So Aaron says, if I can accept my stepmom looking like this, you certainly certainly should be able to. Um, the photo wasn't altered or filtered and she's had no surgery. You can shame someone for feeling cute after a baby, whether she's sharing stretch marks or a six pack, let her live. And then Sarah wrote, if you would have had cellulite and stretch marks in the photo and the caption was exactly the same, we would all, we would all be celebrating his post, but you don't. And that's not allowed to be celebrated. They're basically saying like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't care what they're saying. <laughs> I don't care what they're saying. It, it's just, I don't understand the juxtaposition of like, you guys are making this too much of a big deal and you guys should just let it go. And like all this, but like, we're now going full court press over a damn Instagram picture of, of your stepmom who's younger than you in a bikini. And like, it's just getting weird. It seems like you guys care quite a lot. And also given that, um, the gays found out that Catherine was like actively courting them and like trying to kiki with them online while also, uh, uh, donating to Republican politicians. The comment about uh, everybody's too sensitive right now, like really kind of rubs me the wrong way. That's a red flag for me, dog. I never really liked Catherine McPhee. Something about her just felt like very pick me, very like even before she dated or married David, it just feels like, uh, I don't know. It's just something about her. I just don't love, but like forget her. Like, there's really something about David that I really don't love. And I watched, didn't Aaron and Sarah have a show on VH1? And I guess it was sort of like in the vein of like a candidly Nicole with Nicole Richie, where it was like, they were acknowledging the fact that they were celebrities or, you know, notable people in Hollywood, but also doing these sort of like clearly produced things. And I thought the show was actually pretty cute and that Aaron and Sarah were funny, but I don't know, over the years, it just seems like they're also part of this sort of, uh, red square, red scare for Hollywood kind of vibe. You know, like all of you guys are so sensitive, like, uh, you know, comedians can't say anything nowadays without everybody with the without the woke mob coming to get them with their pitchforks. And ugh, the, the whole thing just rubbed me the wrong way. And I don't want David Foster to rub me anyway. So let's move on. I found this um, article or rather an article about a couple of interviews that I found interesting. It, this is not going to be for everybody. I know this already, but this is for a few of you guys. And I think you'll quite enjoy this. So Melissa Ford, if you guys don't know, Melissa Ford was like the video vixen of the like early to like, I would say like 2000s up to like maybe 2010 ish or so the video vixen. She was in all the rap videos, like bad bitch on all the magazines and like the black culture, like the black cultural magazines. Like she was just known as like a beautiful, beautiful woman. She also, if you guys know Bravo heads, she was on a show, uh, 
called Blood, Sweat, and Heels, a great show about women in New York, black women in New York, going out and doing their thing. I, this is why it really like touched my spirit because I had been thinking over the past couple of days, damn, I would really love to have Blood, Sweat, and Heels back. I would love to have a reboot of that. And honestly, I think if that show still existed, Ebony K. Williams would have been perfect for that rather than housewives. I, I just think they're, they're all like these driven women doing it and like making it happen in New York. And that's definitely more of Ebony's vibe. But anyway, Melissa was on the show. It was a great show. I loved it. And I think it got canceled because one of the cast members, one of the few Bravo celebrities, which always surprised me, one of the cast members, Daisy, passed away of cancer um, right after their last season or after their last season film. So I think that they decided not to continue because of her or maybe it was ratings or both. I'm not sure. But I want that show back. I think it would be a great, great show to bring back in this time, probably more than any other uh, retired Bravo show. But anyway, Melissa Ford went on an interview. She said that back in 2009, she found herself in a love triangle with her friend Takara. Um, gosh, was she like the first plus size model on America's Next Top Model? Gorgeous. And Drake. Okay. So she and Takara were friends. They were both kind of on the scene. Um, Melissa's Canadian. I, I'm not sure if Takara is, but, um, you know, they were, this is 2009 and they were all kind of like on the same level. Drake was just beginning his rap career. Uh, Melissa was established in the community and Takara, you know, was making moves as a top model girl. And so, like I said, she and Melissa were friends and she says that one day she found out that Drake was dating both of them and she had to give them the boot, give him the boot. Actually, it was Takara that figured out that they were both dating him at the same time. And so they came together and were like, Mm-mm, is this what the, the plot line of John Tucker must die is? I think it might be. Anyway, she says to me, I thought, wow, you really did bite off more than you could chew. Because, I mean, you've got Takara and then you got me. So what I'm trying to say here is that two of us are each a seven course meal. So you're a greedy, gluttonous motherfucker. And it wasn't secret that we were friends. That's what had me. You didn't have to date girlfriends. Don't be messy. Melissa seems to still have pretty nice things to say about Drake. She said that they had a very cerebral connection and there was like a nonverbal connection that they had through the fact that they were both Canadian, just like culturally, they really got each other. Um, I'm trying to figure out because Melissa's, uh, you know, she's older than me. He really loves an older woman, doesn't he? Yeah, Melissa would have been in her 30s, early 30s at the time she was dating Drake. And Drake would have been in his 20s. So, girl. And and the girl is for Drake at this point. What are we doing with Drake? I feel like, you know, if we're in the new year and starting some predictions, I feel like this might be Drake's year. People might start realizing things about him. And... that's hard for me because like, I really like Drake. (laughs) I think he's, um, I like his music, whatever on him as a person, but like, yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of rumors about him. Um, especially like that weird rumor about his, or not even rumor, the fact of his friendship with Millie Bobby Brown when she was like 
like in the beginning of Stranger Things. Like, that's weird, bro. And we're going to have to unpack that. And it really seems like, never mind. Let me not go into my Millie Bobby Brown rant <laughs> that I have swirling around in my brain at any given moment. Okay, move on, moving on to the next story. Okay, next, Married at First Sight is coming back on Wednesday. And I'm just going to tell you guys that, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be recapping it. I'm just feeling like they could have given me another month (laughs) and I would have been a lot more excited about this. But it's getting to like 90 Day Fiance levels of overwhelming just the cycle and I'm not getting enough of a break between it. And I I don't know. For A lot of you guys reached out to me about the pre-show and that you thought that there was already going to be some mess and that... um, that it seems like the experts or the show production really has not heeded the warnings of the fans in regard to um, not pairing people up with people who clearly obviously from the first jump don't belong together. (laughs) So I don't know, you guys, I'm feeling a little bit of maths fatigue. I'm going to watch the episode on Wednesday and I'll, I'll, No guarantees. No guarantees. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, But, you know, on the other hand, it might be a good... (sighs) I don't know, you guys. I don't know. I'm really going to have to think about it because that would basically wipe out any uh, Bravo shows. And I'm trying to do... I don't know. Let me not think about this on on, on mic right now. Let me move on to the this thing. So from the Atlanta season at Married at First Sight, which was two cycles ago, um, there were two couples that made it, Virginia and Eric, and I'm using made it in quotes, Virginia and Eric and Ryan and Clara. Now, if you guys remember Ryan and Clara, Ryan was black and he had a very interesting hairstyle, to put it kindly and Clara was blonde their issues were really around intimacy physical and otherwise Clara was really a love rat wanted to find somebody who really loved her and was like expressive in that and she also had like a pretty high sex drive and then we found out throughout the season that Ryan was really unemotional basically robot like in nature and that they weren't having sex but then at what point we see some hidden not hidden camera like apartment cam footage of the wives all getting together and clara mentioning it all to the ladies about how ryan uh is getting his rocks off every night courtesy of her mouth and her hand uh but he was just like "Mm, tired okay thanks bye babe and and like you know she's getting him off every night and she's not getting anything she's sitting here with blue clit or whatever, whatever the equivalent of blue balls is. So um, they end up staying together uh, on decision day. And a little while after they had planned a New Year's Eve uh, second wedding, or they were in the midst of planning a New Year's Eve second wedding for last New Year's Eve. And then they announced that they were getting a divorce, gosh, probably about six, October or November of last year, right? No, 2020. So in typical Married at First Sight fashion, there is a bunch of pre-programming leading up to the new season. And there was a uh, 
what is everybody up to special? You guys, I don't watch these things, so I'm just going off of like what I'm reading on the articles. There was like a, a pre-season kickoff special in which Clara um, was on and she was talking about her side of the story. Um, from what I'm looking at, it ended up being, it sounded like Clara didn't really reveal anything or say anything too out of pocket. I gather that she mentioned something about how Ryan was upset with her and how she spoke about their intimacy on camera and on TV. And that was a point of contention for them. So, a couple days before their um, uh, before the special, Ryan took to Instagram to uh, say a lot of things. He he said a lot of things. This is a nine slide uh, statement from him. Oh Lord, I mean, I- I'm just gonna like skip around because the. I'm not going to sit here for 20 minutes and read this whole thing. So it starts off by saying, I've had several months to reflect on a very challenging moment in my life. Being a part of the show has taught me more about myself than I could have ever imagined. I've weighed the options of addressing the circumstances or choosing to continue to remain silent. I've decided to share my thoughts. I first want to say that I'm not here to debate anyone's feelings or emotions. You're allowed to feel the way you do. Going through a divorce, not to mention a public one, is tough. The only advice I would give is ask yourself, why do I feel this way? It's exhausting and I get annoyed when my therapist does it, but I normally come around and feel better about doing the work to understand. Secondly, I hope you never experience a divorce, but if you do, you have the courage to do so with that with what you feel is right after taking time to come to peace with that decision. How someone chooses to express their emotions from that decision, although different than how I choose to do so, is understandable and okay. We all process events in our lives differently. So that's clearly a subtweet towards Clara. Now, I'll tag in here and say that she's been on social media, like, making really jokes. I don't think that she really said anything super explosive. One, I don't think that they can because those contracts last quite a bit of time. Um, so even though her season was two, almost three seasons ago, I still think that they're maybe not really allowed to say a whole lot about the circumstances surrounding their breakup. But to me, from what I saw, unless I missed a whole bunch of stuff, she was just like, you know, towing the line of saying things, but never really said anything, right? So Ryan's message goes on to say, what I can no longer sit idly by for is untruthful statements to be continuously made about my family and friends. With that being said, getting married to a stranger is indescribable. Words won't ever describe it well. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Trust the process, whatever. The first thing I want to address, you can't truly be open to marry another race and not want to marry their culture, or at least at the minimum, understand it. The black experience and black culture are not monolithic. There's no one size fits all shoe. It's an ever evolving and changing with time. What I can say is walking into a family gathering and not speaking to anybody and scrolling through your phone will never fly and declining food outside of a food allergy or avoidance uh, because you don't like the way it looks won't help either. My brother is pescatarian and my sister-in-law doesn't eat pork and we've made every family gathering work just fine. By marrying into a different race or culture, you inherently adopt parts of their identity. Most importantly, your kids 100% will and your kids will need to help need you to help navigate it. They'll need to help you teach, train and understand as best you can a systematically racist system. 
Choosing not to attempt to understand and educate yourself is a red flag. To give context with this, why am I driven? Why do I carry myself a certain way? Why do I not get upset or not fight? Why is purpose so important to me? Why did I ask my wife what motivates her? Because for hundreds of years, black people couldn't answer those questions. Um, So then he goes on to say, the representation of me and understanding of what that representation means on a TV screen is important as it should be. And it should be important to my partner as the show progressed. And we continued to have more conversations around this. My fear of not being understood was happening. While I intentionally avoided having such a complex conversation on camera, it was being discussed privately. I hope the time away from the cameras would help make things better as we all deserve time to change and grow. This conversation started months before a final decision was made and over months of post-show marriage counseling. Then he goes on to say, please do not read this as an accusation of racism. It undoubtedly and most certainly is not. It's entirely possible all too often not to be racist while still being completely unaware. I'll repeat, I don't believe this to be example to be an example of racism, but more so blinded unawareness that is all too common. I will always appreciate the basic understanding of what is right and wrong, but to fully comprehend right and wrong, we have to understand their root causes. Failing to learn history will only cause you to repeat it. Okay, I'm going to stop right there because it goes on and on. But that was really like the point that we needed to discuss. So Virginia of Eric and Virginia, Virginia, who was not married to Ryan, but seems to have maintained a friendship with Clara, hopped on Instagram stories and she said a lot. I mean, she said what she could because she's still under contract, but she said a lot. None of this was her business and that, but she did make points. Now, this is a very complicated situation because Ryan, um, you know, would be on the show and he would wear a lot of Black Lives Matter shirts, a lot of, um, you know, that sort of thing, woke gear, if you will. And on the other hand, in the very beginning of the show, he says... They really tried to dance around this, but the crux of the issue was that, not, not, not I'm not going to call it an issue, the crux of Ryan's uh, interests, the takeaway from what he was saying is that basically Ryan tends to date outside of his race, specifically white women. And that seemed to be a preference of his. It also seemed to be a preference of Clara that she dates somebody outside of her race. Okay, so bringing back to what Virginia said, I I mean, she really went on for like 30 minutes. And again, this had nothing to do with you. So I you didn't need to like tap in on this at all. But what I will say is that she brought up some great points. They were not points that she needed to make because again, not her business, but also she's also a white woman. And I just felt like she was getting a little too uh, comfortable saying these things. So I'm going to say them because I do agree with, <laughs> with a couple of the things that she said. Um. First of all, she says that Clara, she did say, you know, Clara and I are both white women. We're never going to understand the experience that that black people go through. Like, that's never going to happen. We can try. We can educate ourselves. Like, that's the best we can do. But we're never going to understand it on a level that a black person was. Um, She goes on. She went on to say that Clara, basically, you can't. 
that Clara had asked Ryan for education on things and that he would stonewall her. He didn't want to, he didn't want to help educate her. And it basically put them into, you know, like a, uh, a deadlock. What's like a stalemate, right? Like they, there was no coming back from that. No compromise. Right. So she also brings up the point, which I was thinking, which was if you're specifically seeking out white women, as a black man to date, um, there was a responsibility there. And I don't disagree with her. I think if you are, if you are dating outside of your race and I, I really want to be like careful with what I'm saying here, <laughs> if you're somebody who I'll just put this on me. Okay. I have dated outside of my race and I believe that I if I'm going to enter into a serious relationship with a white guy, let's say, then there are going to be times where I'm going to have to educate him on things. And that is my responsibility. Now, I would say if this was like even a very best friend of mine and they wanted to be educated on things, I would say like this is not necessarily my responsibility. But if I'm entering into a romantic relationship where we could get married and potentially have children and people are out here in the streets seeing us together, like there is a certain duty and a responsibility that I have to educate him. Now, it's also 150% his responsibility to educate himself on his own terms without me. But if there are times where he's like, Hey, I need help with this. Then I should do my due diligence as a partner to help them because those things are going to come up and just stonewalling. Somebody just seems weird. Right. Um, now to add on to that, if you have what appears to be a particular preference for white women, then you need to have the understanding that this is going to be something that you're going to have to take on. And if you don't want to take that on, then date a black person, you know, (laughs) date somebody to which these issues don't exist because they get you on a fundamental level. Like it's, you can't be upset was, I mean, you can, but it's also like, I, I don't know. And also, I just think it's kind of like, you can't say all that shit and then be like, well, I'm not calling her racist. Because that's like inherently racist behavior that you're citing, like, pretty thoroughly. And then just being like, well, I'm not calling her racist. And I, I don't I don't like that either. Like, it, you are calling her racist. And just say that, you know? <laughs> just say it. And it's fine. You got to say it all or don't say anything. You know what I mean? And I also agree agree with Clara or Virginia rather that the timing of this is pretty suspicious because they've been broken up for months now. And for this to only come out days before Clara was going to come on TV and quote, share her side of the story. It just seems uh, to me. Then Virginia decided to get messy. And this is really what's interesting. So you know, Ryan in his statement was talking about how basically Clara was coming to their home, his family home, being rude, not accepting food, um, even though there was no re- just, you know, just on visual alone. Right. So. Um, what had happened was, according to Virginia, is that. After the show is airing, or maybe during the show is airing, and Clara was mentioning how she's giving head to 
uh, uh, Ryan without any, uh, you know, <laughs> reciprocation that apparently Ryan's mother told Clara that she should consider uh, that sort of thing like a gift in the sense that you don't give a gift and expect a gift in return. You just give it and they get it and that's it. And, and you don't complain about not getting that gift back in return. Um, and so Virginia was saying that this was the reason why Clara was so uncomfortable around Ryan's family, because who wants to hear from your mother-in-law about how you should just be giving head to her son and not expecting any head in return? Like, that's weird. And it's uncomfortable. And I could see why she would be very uncomfortable being in somebody's home. Now, the food thing, I don't know. But, you know, it is what I could understand why she would feel uncomfortable being in that space. Now, I don't want to make this like a I'm fully standing Clara and I get her and like whatever. Because if Ryan is saying that he felt some type of way, then he did. And we should honor that. And I do honor that. But I just feel like Ryan also had expectations that he was going to find the most woke white woman on the planet. And that's just not going to happen. Like, this is a responsibility that even if you do find somebody like there are always going to be blind spots. There's not going to be a person and I'm not even going to put this on white people. There's not going to be a person outside of your culture who's going to have an understanding of everything that goes on in your culture. That's just not going to happen. If Ryan dated an Asian woman, he would have a responsibility to learn about Asian culture and about the racism that happens in Asian culture and blah, blah, blah. And there are going to be times where he has questions that, you know, are going to need to be answered. And I just... Ugh. This is so complicated and I, I wish it didn't happen. But my overwhelming feeling about this is that like, Ryan, stop dating white women, you know? <laughs> Maybe you need to unpack why you prefer to date white women. If you want to, and also have this like overwhelming understanding of blackness. Like, you know? Maybe you need to unpack that. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Let's move on to some Bravo move we, news we can all laugh at. Okay, so over the Christmas break, apparently uh, Nicki Minaj had gifted uh, I think all of the Real Housewives of Potomac's children with different gifts. Uh, I know Robin's sons got Gucci wallets with $200 in it. Um, Giselle's daughters got purses. Uh, what have you. So um, Mia, who just constantly finds herself um, embarrassed by her own hand, truly, she decided to get on the internet and say that you know, Nikki didn't give her kids anything, etc. She tried to make it seem like Nikki was just singling her out and mad at her and like didn't, you know, whatever. So Nikki tweets her and says, Mia, I was following you on Instagram, but then your page disappeared. I asked and nobody knew for sure how to find you or what was your real page anymore. I have receipts. I'll gladly post them if you'd like me to. I don't play like that about children. Please send me the Addy Mama. <laughs> and then Mia's dumbass realized that she had blocked Nicki Minaj. And so she had to respond and says, Queen, my sincere apologies. And then somebody commented, uh, crying laughing emojis. So you had her blocked, LOL. And Mia responded, LOL, I forgot, crying laughing emoji. <laughs> Mia's a clown. Mia's a true, true clown. It was Mia the clown that came to deliver those invitations a couple seasons ago? Because she really, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> Maybe I want Mia to be on another season because she has a consistent thing that I, the only thing that I found enjoyable about Mia last season was that she would do dumb shit like this and then have to immediately backtrack and be like, oh, I'm sorry, that's actually not what happened because I totally lied. What is wrong with her? Mia's weird. Mia's weird. And I both want her on my television and I never want to see her again. I never want to see her again. Oh, did you guys hear that? um, uh, Speaking of Potomac and being back on television that Monique and big boy Samuels are going to be headlining a new we TV spinoff. Well, the spinoff is new. Um, It's called love and marriage. Uh, they're going to be doing Love and Marriage DMV. So this is always... There was a... An, the original show is called Love and Marriage Huntsville. I have not seen it. A lot of you guys are like, girl, watch the show. It's so messy. I, every clip I've seen is just like, oh, this is real bad. Like, I don't know if I can watch this bad. <laughs> not bad content, but like bad behavior. And I just don't know if I can do it. But so... um I don't know who any of these other couples are, but basically it's going to be taking place in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, and uh, they're going to be introducing other prospective business families, businesses and families, and apparently this was a group cobbled together by Monique herself, so it's going to be featuring people um, 
Irana and James Tyler, Ashley, Brittany, and Roberto Silva, and Tasha and Neil Lyons. Now, again, I don't know who those people are. Okay? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, Irana and James Tyler were rumored to be on Potomac for season six. Obviously, we know that didn't happen. Um, Mia was the one who took Irana's uh, place. So, I, I'm... Mm, I mean, I'm looking, this is going to be on OWN, as we all know, Oprah has money. And so then when I saw the picture of this promo, and it looks like one of those flyers that you get for some sort of like church revival, like Monique and Big Boy are giving like pastor and and first lady, and they're doing like a couple's retreat. Or like a couple's um, conference or something, you know, something that happens on Mother's Day. This is very black. I don't think white people know this, but like, <laughs> um, you know, like there will be these like conferences. I'm sure white people do, you know, like white churches have like couples conferences, getting back to your relationship things. It's, it's that sort of vibe. Um, is It looks like somebody who doesn't need to be photoshopping photoshopped it. So we'll see. It's it's giving low budget. It's giving low budget. Speaking of Photoshop, you guys, uh, did we see these pictures that Kim posted of Chicago and true biggest air quotes in the world? She posted it on her Twitter and her Instagram of Chicago and allegedly true at Disneyland. Now, I, it took me about... Mm, two tenths of a second for me to look at this picture and say that's not true like it's true's face but is true there clearly that's not true's body (laughs) it looks like she's very very heavily photoshopped i mean it looks like she's not she's not even there like they took pictures and they were just like okay um Let's just throw true in there for good measure. So, you know, the TikTok girlies are never resting. They never go to sleep. And so somebody did their Googles and did a little sleuthing and found out that the who we're supposed to believe is true in these pictures is actually um, Stormy. (laughs) It's actually Stormy um, from months ago. So not only did she post pictures from months ago of her children or one of her children, but she wasn't even there like we didn't even need to see these it's not like they just went to to disneyland they're like oh this is a fun you know we just went last week this was months ago there was no need to even post this and it's not like we're um uh you know the well is running dry on pictures of these people you know we didn't really have to dig deep into the coffers so why did this happen clearly this was intentionally done the picture's still up they know I mean, the Photoshop is not good. We know these bitches are good at Photoshop. Ish. Good at, better than this. Better than this. <laughs> and so, I, why? It just leads, the only question is why. What are they distracting from? Why did they do this? Why did they feel the need to put True's face on Stormy's? Why did they feel the need to post these pictures at all? I hope we find out the answer to that. Um, but also on New Year's Eve, Hulu and Kris Jenner dropped a teaser for the new Kardashians on Hulu. 
I think it's called Kardashians on Hulu. Um, it's just a quick teaser. It's just been being like, oh, happy new year. We're back. It looks exactly like keeping up. It looks like, like the last seasons of keeping up is like very chic and very glossy. Um, Courtney still bored as hell. It's like, uh, happy new year. Welcome to our new show. Keeping, I mean, whatever the hell she said, but I mean, she could not look more bored to do this. And to which I have to ask, Ho, why is you here? To quote Jocelyn Hernandez, Ho, why is you here? Because you said several times, you even did a whole photo shoot for, um, I think, Arabian, Saudi Arabian Vogue about how you were going to leave the show. And this was even before they announced that they were ending their deal with E. And then all through season 19 and season 20 you're talking about how you want to get back to yourself and you want to push the boundaries and you just want to eat uh matcha soup with chia seeds in it and travel and have your kids have a normal life or whatever the fuck and be away from the cameras but then here you are again signing on the dotted line with hulu incorporated so why are you here why are you here okay Um, so all the girls were in, Kylie was in the trailer, Kendall, Kylie's new baby, um, all the original players were there. Well, we didn't see Scott. We didn't see, I mean, Rob, come on. Um, what have you? So I, you know, did I get a little bit of a tingle? No. (laughs) Am I going to watch it a fucking absolutely I'm gonna watch it I just want to know if they're just if they're going to I want to know because we know that they uh filmed Courtney and Travis's engagement cameras were up for that cameras were up for the post-engagement dinner um so I'm just really I'm not that interested but I'm like I'm gonna watch it you know we're all we're all gonna watch it And I'm going to give you guys the freedom, like release yourself from the shackles of saying that you're not going to watch the show because you are. And it's okay. You have a safe safe space in me. And just use me as an excuse because I'll probably be talking about it. And be like, oh, yeah, I don't really want to watch it. But, you know, my favorite podcaster or, you know, at least my seventh favorite podcaster is talking about our show. So I just like watch it. You can use me as an excuse. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Um, Other rumors that have been going on. This is all on TikTok. So, you know, grain of salt. Uh, there were rumors about a possible big announcement coming out of Kendall Jenner's camp um, that possibly she has a baby in the oven. There was a lot of back and forth as to whether or not that would be a good business move for her. But then it's like, mm, I feel like Kendall is at that stage in her modeling where, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. It's not like it's going to take her out of the game. You know, we saw Gigi bounce back perfectly fine. She's doing well. You know, she's stomping the runways all over the place, provided Zane doesn't, you know, shove his mom, shove her mom into a dresser. But, you know, she she's doing just fine. Do I think that Kendall's pregnant? No. <laughs> I don't know why anybody thinks that Kendall's pregnant. <laughs> but, I mean, egg on my face. Egg on my face if she is. I, I'll, if... If it comes out in the next two weeks that Kendall Jenner is pregnant, I will do something. I can't think of anything right now, but I will come up with something. Or if you guys have suggestions 
for something that you would like to see me do, then I will, I will take them. You can holler at me and, and I'll, I'll do something for real. I don't believe this, but I, I will do something. Um, what was the other thing that I wanted to talk about? Oh, Stormy. Stormy, like an absolute icon, legend. <laughs> she, she, Chris did an interview with Andy and Anderson for New Year's Eve. I happened to watch it live and it really, really cracked me up. So they're interviewing Chris. You know, they're, it's, you know, maybe a couple shots into their show. And Andy asks Chris about her relation about Kim and Pete's relationship. And then in walks Stormy, just perfect timing, facing the camera, wanting to see what's going on. And Chris doesn't have to answer the question. She's like, great. That was perfect timing. Saved by the bell. Saved by the Stormy bell. Um, didn't have to answer. Gosh, I would have loved her answer. You guys, I'm just going to say that I think that this might come as a surprise to you guys, but I, at this point, love watching Andy and Anderson on CNN. <laughs> I think they're so fun. I love seeing the progression of Don Lemon getting drunker and drunker in New Orleans. I like him exposing things. Um, I like him saying things that he shouldn't and like giggling. Anderson's giggling off the charts. Truly welcome to Elmo's world on this one. Um, I love it. I think it's funny and I have a great time. All right. I remember that bit of Kardashian rumor slash news. And I'm actually kind of surprised that I forgot about it because it really all comes back to me being right, which, you know, again, is my favorite thing. So you, it's kind of surprising to me that I forgot. But anyway, um, there's a lady and forgive me, I do not have her username, but she was on TikTok. She used to work in the world of celebrity media news and she dropped two videos. The first one saying that Miss Jonathan, AKA Jonathan Chebin, AKA food God would tell uh, bits of news to a uh, Kardashian news and sell those tips to the media. I don't think anybody is really surprised by this, but her second video was somebody asking along the lines of, well, why do they keep him in the family? Like, wouldn't, don't you think that they would know by now that he was the one selling this information? And her point, which I totally agree with, which is, was that he knows too much. And that's why they keep him around. Even even though they know he does them dirty and he sells news and there was even a, there was an episode about it on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Although, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of dubious because as I recall the episode, Kim, this was right after she had North, or she was telling a story about how right after she had North, she sent out pictures to certain groups of people. And she says that she sent those out with the sole purpose of seeing who leaked it. But she says that picture ended up getting leaked, but she sent it out in to multiple people. So she doesn't exactly know who that person was that sold it. I think the implication was that Jonathan did it and it probably was, but yeah, I mean, does that surprise me? Absolutely not. There's also been, I've noticed it doesn't seem like food. God's been around that much. It seems like he's really pivoting into (laughs) whatever the hell he's doing, like eating uh, the world's biggest slice of pizza. I don't fucking know, but like, um, yeah, that was it. That was all. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And with that, I'm going to end the episode with my thoughts on the latest episode of And Just Like That. Uh, wow. Wowie, wow, wow. Wow. Wowington. Um, things happened. Things happened. Um, we had a brief uh, cameo, if you will, from Samantha. We... Uh, <laughs> Had, uh, I don't mean to laugh, a storyline involving Charlotte and her daughter and her daughter's um, dealing with their identity and wanting to, Charlotte and Harry find out that their daughter changed their name to Rock and wanted to use they, them pronouns in school and all the teachers knew it and all the parents knew it and Charlotte finds out in a mommy group chat whatever and Harry seems to be struggling with it and he you know says that he doesn't want to it's hard to hear about your child from somebody else and I get that I just kind of feel like they're fumbling over this storyline it is real to have parents who have to like they don't have to struggle but they they go through you know, a different sort of, they go through their feelings and, and it's a big change for somebody when you make a child and you, I think, I guess you can't help but like tie an identity to it. And so there's that, but I just kind of feel like it's clunky. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Um, okay. So we finally address Miranda's drinking and this Hits a real uh, fever pitch, if you will. <laughs> so, what the hell? <laughs> okay, so I guess we have to backtrack. Carrie um, has a back problem. Her realtor slash new best friend discovers it, rushes her over to her doctor family member or friend I'm not sure um she finds out Carrie our our sweet delicate little Carrie finds out that she has a um like a an undiagnosed genetic disorder like a birth defect and that somehow this is the reason why her back hurts and not the fact that she's been stomping around Manhattan two-stepping in seven-inch heels for the past 30 years but okay (laughs) Anyway, she goes to get hip surgery. She um, pays out of pocket for the hot rehab guy to massage her. And she has to have help because she's having like a three-month recovery. 
all to get back in those shoes. Ugh, Carrie, may you never change. So, <sighs> somehow this gets interwoven with her being high on pills and doing her podcast from her apartment and saying a lot of things, telling a story of how Samantha had to get her diaphragm out back in her hoe days. And um, Che and Bobby, Bobby Lee are loving it. And Che, mm, okay, so here's my thing about Che. You guys know that I've really been struggling with the character development of Che, if you can even call it development <laughs> or character. Um but this really fleshed them out quite a bit. And that person's an asshole. Che's an asshole. Um, why would Che's reaction to Carrie being high on pills because of a surgery be to ply her with alcohol while she's still in recovery? What? So you could get more ratings for X, Y, and me? This podcast that apparently is the highest stakes of any podcast I've ever heard. <laughs> Truly. Um, why is this like an NPR style podcast? Is this, is that what they're giving? I, I can't make sense of it. And I also am really loving like all the podcasters talking about how much they hate this podcast or the concept of this podcast or how unrealistic this podcast is. It's, it's absolutely wild. Um, so, yeah. so Che comes over. She, excuse me, Miranda and Che keep having these like meet cutes in conjunction with Miranda caring for Carrie in her time of her hip, post hip surgery. And so Che comes over randomly with a bottle of tequila in the middle of the day and Miranda's helping. Carrie is asleep because she took a pill and she has to go to the bathroom and she wakes up to find that it smells like weed and people are giggling, and there's a lot of moaning coming from the direction of her kitchen, just to find out <laughs> that Che and Miranda, Che is just beating the brakes, cleaning all all the the cobwebs out of her vajayjay, um, just really getting in there and going full. Bob the Builder just excavating right up Miranda's Miranda, okay? And this was quite a moment. So they just have a bunch of drinks, a bunch of shots, and um, Miranda's like, why don't you shotgun me again like you did after your comedy show? And, you know, Che, of course, just happens to have, you know, like the most beautiful pre-roll even though um, we've only seen them with this, like, what the fuck, compact <laughs> compact bowl they keep uh, terrorizing Manhattan with. Um, so Che flicks Miranda's bean, and then it was like, well, nice to see you, sweet cheeks. I got to go to my comedy gig in Queens. Um, Carrie, meanwhile, is discombobulated and has to pee and she doesn't want to alarm anybody I guess because they're too busy getting their rocks off and so she ends up pissing the bed um, in a Snapple sponsored uh, kerfuffle if you will Did do you think Snapple knew? 
about that like Peloton did. <laughs> Just a lot of brand. We're really leaning into the brand specific disasters on this show. Um, this turns into like a big fight between Carrie and Miranda. Miranda really doesn't seem to get it. I mean, probably because she's drunk and high. And she, at one point, <laughs> I don't know why this made me laugh, but at one point, she is, like, trying to fix the sheets because Carrie peed all over it. And she, like, gr- <laughs> yanks the sheets from Carrie. <laughs> she's like, bitch, my hip. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and then they have this, like, Miranda has her big moment of, um... I don't have a drinking problem. You know me. I know me. And I know that if I thought I had a problem, that I would quit. But I know that I've been drinking too much. And it was in the pandemic that it began. And we were all drinking too much. And I just kept going. And so I'm fine. Don't worry about that. But I'm also not happy in my life. I don't think I've ever been happy with sweet, sexy Steve. And I just don't... I don't know. I've never felt more alive than when Che <laughs> stuck their weed, weed stenched fingers inside of me. Okay. Um, fine. Okay. Okay. I mean, this may have been an aspect of it may have been the most realistic part of um, sex in the city history is like who amongst us women Manhattanites have not been like finger banged by some uh, alleged comedian on their way to a comedy show, you know, (laughs) in Queens of all places. Um, So, yeah. okay, okay. I feel like there was another big storyline, but I don't really care. You know, I actually really liked the episode. It was wacky. I mean, the Che and Miranda moment was definitely big, big time cringe, but... You know, I liked it. I still don't really know that it was, like, necessary that we make Miranda an alcoholic, but it's done, I guess. So she has another moment, sorry, where she's, like, um, talking to Brady's pantsless uh, girlfriend, and she's going through her Amazon boxes and sees, like, a book about women quitting drinking, and she thinks that somebody... She got it on accident, but then she thinks that Charlotte sent it to her and she gets mad at Charlotte, but then she gets the, you know, the Amazon, are you enjoying your purchase email and realizes that she drunkenly purchased it for herself. And then this makes her throw away her drink. She clearly seems to be drinking in the middle of the day and throw her bottles of alcohol down the drain. And yeah. Okay. Okay. Why is Steve deaf? Are we going to work that in? Is there going to be any explanation for that? Steve's progressive deafness, like, where are we on that? That's that's really the question that I want answered. Okay, I'm going to leave you guys alone. Before I wrap up, I just wanted to let you know I had the pleasure and the honor of being on a podcast called uh, Day Class A. We talked about different Toms in the Bravo universe and beyond. We talked about Tom Wom scams from Succession. We talked about Tom's Sandoval and Schwartz. We talked Tom Girardi. I had some pretty hot takes. Um, it was a great conversation. So thank you, J&J, for having me. And yeah, again, check out the Day Class Day podcast. Um, Thank you, guys.
We're starting a new year together. I hope you stick with me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Bye.